Good morning. I'm Karen Audubody, and this show is called TKO, and I'm back. It's been a long time away. Different issues kept me away, but I am back, and this morning in the studio with me is Matt Kendall. He's enjoying his coffee and his scone from Mosswood. Thank you, Mosswood. I bring uh, treats for everybody every other Wednesday. It's a great place to go in Boonville and support. All right, Matt Kendall, step up to that mic. All right. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Oh, it's, it's you know, it's sunny and hot out. I'm feeling like I should wear shorts today. But um, last time I had any communication with you, I think I sent you a picture of four feet of snow on my ridge. Yes, you <coughs> did. Yes, you did. Yeah. We haven't talked um, actually in person since uh, the storms. Those were quite intense that this year. I mean, we all made it through it, but there was a lot of issues. There were just... <laughs> A plethora of issues, and from county roads to my personnel and uh, uh, public health, uh, you know, the response to it was great, and it was absolute evidence that Mendocino County does things better. We had people looking out for neighbors that were in contact with us because they had communications, but their neighbors didn't, and uh, I think it was a real testament to somehow our pioneering spirit still comes through and you know we haven't seen snow like that oh cheers i can't i've had it for up at my level three thousand feet i've seen it three times in the 35 years 40 years i've been up there yeah i mean i heard a story about two women that are up uh, out of leightonville and they've got uh burrows mm-hmm. donkeys and they were actually using those to deliver to friends yeah i mean i went out and did a run for our neighbors and had to use my quad to get around but yeah it 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 talks about the um, back to lander survivalists the community steps up when need be and and that's that's one of the reasons i wanted to do this show today uh just listeners to let you know um i sit at home and i watch a lot of the 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 national news i watched the supervisors reports or you know meetings yesterday i suffered through that for many many hours but um I also see what's been going on in the county with the sheriff's department has been really hit with some tragic events in this uh, in the last couple of months. And that's why I reached out to Matt, because it's a community issue when we have so many deaths. Um, I was listening to, or listing them. We had the couple of gals that jumped off the Albion Bridge. Um, we're not quite sure what that is yet. You said you had a little bit more investigation to do on that. but We're, we're wrapping up that investigation, and I should have some answers on that i'm hoping by the week's end yeah one of the girls made it i don't know what kind of conditions yeah. in the other one did it was a fatality um and then you've had there was a horrendous horrendous uh car fire just north of ukiah there was three fatalities in that i mean my god yeah, that's on just highway a, 20 and that was oh that was 20 i thought it was just an awful terrible was accident it? it was almost to where we connect with 101 off at 20 uh, okay and then there was a there was a body of remains found north of willits just recently that's probably a long lost case i don't know yeah. if that's even been identified yet um that one's been identified was um, it okay yeah and uh, you know it's there's a lot of work that goes in, and we've still got some work to do on that one, too. Um, the uh, remains were sent to Chico State for x-rays, and and we're getting a, a clearer picture on that. But some of these things, you have to remember, when we send them off to anthropology and things like that, it takes a while to get the information back. Oh, yeah. It must so. take some, some of these cases, I would think, take months, if not more, yeah. um, especially for IDing people that have been, you know, been long gone. Um, <clears throat> and I think the most dramatic thing... Um, has been the two deaths in Covalo. Yes. Um, you know, we hear about Covalo's way out there, folks. Uh, is it two and a half hours from Ukiah? Uh, 
about with the bypass and everything now i make it into Coblo in about an hour and 25 okay. but i drive like a, an old man and yeah. uh well and the sheriff you got to drive safely so and when i get in the pickup truck i hate to say it but my head is left it's right especially when i'm going up to Coblo. <laughs> i'm looking for bucks i'm looking for bears i just wildflowers wild i know flowers. how you're yeah i mean yeah. I'm looking in the river to see if we got yeah. any fish running in. By the way, when you're out and about, Mountain House Road, oh my God, the wildflowers are just I, outrageous this year. Just outrageous. So, um, yeah, so I wanted to get Matt on, and I had texted him saying, wow, the, the impact to the communities is tremendous, but to the the guys and gals that show up to have to deal with this, your department, the fire departments, um, to have this happening all in a row. I mean, I know they were in different areas, but your your department is the one that's overarching and dealing yeah. with all these issues. And I was just wanting to see how the department's doing, how you're doing, how everybody's handling it, because it's been pretty powerful. This has been like a two and a half months that this has just got wham, bam, one after the other. Yeah, it was, you know, we had that storm impact, and then all of a sudden we had these two homicides back-to-back of some extremely young people, 120, 116. Yeah. And the impact that it has on the deputies, myself, the community, you know, it's collective. It is. And and we have a we have a homicide warrant in the one case, we've made an arrest in the other one. And I, I, I believe we are still investigating our crimes in the fashion that I want to see them. But when our numbers get down just like numbers across the entire United States, we go from a lot of um you know handling calls for service and then doing proactive patrols to just handling calls for service and a lot of the proactive patrols are preventative when there's patrol cars people they there's a reason why patrol cars are so distinct because people see them and they kind of snap too i mean yeah they kind of go within the lines when they see a patrol yeah. if i see a chp I, I you know i get make sure i'm within the lines of yeah. everything i'm supposed to be doing it does it does amp it up it makes you feel like there are some you know people watching which yeah. is always good always good um Okay, so your department's dealing with a lot. Um, how, how's the staffing now? Staffing is low. Staffing is Still low. Still low. And, um, staffing in the jail and on patrol are low. I think that we're at uh, 16 down... 15 or 16 down on patrol. I've got to speak with my hiring sergeant, but we're still 17 down in the jail. However... You know, we are in line to hire 20 corrections officers this year. Uh, we think that we're going to hit that. But we run into these issues of Sonoma County is still right next door. Yeah. And, um, you know, that is a bitter pill to swallow. And, and I know the Sonoma County Sheriff. I know Eddie well. And, and Eddie has told me over the years, when we get a deputy from you, you know, we get blue chip stock. They know how to investigate a case from start to finish there. And so we're very desirable. We've always been the training ground. Let's just yeah. put it that way. We've always been the training ground. Unless unless it's somebody local that has family here and I think invested in the community, we always have been kind of the training ground for them to move on to better wages in the more um, city, the larger, the larger counties. Um, yeah. I saw an article today that, or yesterday, that said that Alameda is giving $70,000 bonuses for any new... Yes. deputies 75 i believe really yeah and uh, i can't afford to keep up with that no. don't don't we have a uh, signing bonus we do for 20 uh, grand i thought I 20 thousand for a uh, deputy to a person who has a post certificate uh-huh. and then i've got uh, bonuses 
to live if if you want to be a resident in Covalo or a resident on the south coast i've got bonuses of twenty thousand dollars for resident deputy plus a stipend for housing oh Um, and so if you can find it if you can find it i mean i gotta throw that in i watch the housing market that's a whole nother issue we don't want to go into but yeah well that's so you're so you're still hiring last time you were on the air with me i think you were down 23 and really trying to hire so it sounds like we're in a little bit better position um and the jail sounds like that needs a lot of help yeah um so one of the things is you've been going out to the different um, academies yes. and recruiting. Is that still part of the... It is, di- but we're out? seeing fewer and fewer unaffiliated people in the academies because... Unaffiliated meaning some other organization, not, some other, so many entities sent them there, paid for their ride, and then get them back when they're done? Yes. Okay, that's yeah. what we got. It. Okay, good. Um, and police academies that, you know, I went to the Redwoods Academy way back in the stone age um you know we started out with like 39 or 40 cadets in there usually in the first two weeks they will lose you know a half a dozen who realize this isn't for me mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the way it whittles down they lose about 25 percent of the cadets of the academy and so they would graduate 30 um, but now we're seeing numbers of people signing up to go to the academy at 15 uh. and then you know you lose 25 percent of that um and there is, I think it's 85% of all law enforcement agencies in the United States are down personnel right now. And, um, you know, so they're trying to fill that gap. But when there's when there's this vacuum in the police academies, yeah. that's when those employees get so expensive that the price of law enforcement has gone through the roof. Well, you're, it's a competitive market. It is. So, so one of the things last time we were talking about it, about the academies and stuff, you had said that COVID had put a crimp on a lot of the academies and the recruiting and stuff. Has yes. that lessened at all now that COVID's kind of endemic, I would say? Yeah, and, and, and I believe that uh, w- when we look at California in general, mm-hmm. we always look and see what the Highway Patrol Academy is doing because oh. – that that is a a touchstone for us to see if the highway patrol is having problems with recruiting if the highway patrol is having problems with filling the academy then we know that the other local police academies will have those same problems um that is kind of a a a barometer for where things are at Mm -hmm. and um the highway patrol is beginning to get more recruits in but i believe that there's 700 plus officers down right now um those numbers are just phenomenal. Well, I mean, but but you have to understand if you look at it percentage wise. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Percentage wise is probably not because I don't. I have no idea what the personnel for the state CHP is, yeah. but it's got to be thousands. I, I was speaking with uh, with with Bob Luna, the uh, sheriff of uh, Los Angeles County. I met with him a while back and, and said, "Hey, how are you holding up?" And he said, "You know." He had been, I believe he was the chief of the Long Beach Police Department. He said, Matt, this is a numbers thing. And when I'm, you know, 22% down, that is thousands of officers for me. He said, when you're 22% down, it's 10 officers. But which one does it hurt the most? I still got several thousand officers to draw from. You've got 22. 20, yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean, the number, yeah, you got to look at it that way in these rural communities. Yeah. 
So um, let me just reintroduce myself. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. My guest this morning is Matt Kendall, Mendocino County Sheriff, and we're talking about the department and what's been going on, trying to get an update. I try to do this with Matt at least a couple times a year so we get an idea of what's going on. Um, there, There's so many topics to talk about. I mean, the the thing I um I want to get back to Covalo. We'll definitely wrap up with Covalo and talk about that. Uh, the other issue that rose for me is because I watch the national news. I know that there's a lot of these issues that are getting more exposure with these um, stand your ground laws mm-hmm. in different states. Where I mean, like the most appalling one is these kids knock on the wrong door, they get shot through the yeah. door. Um, somebody has a interaction with getting on the wrong car or driving down the wrong driveway and they get shot out um it is appalling to me yes i am a gun owner i live seven and a half miles back of dirt road like people say i have always said because i am so far back and by myself that i shoot first and ask questions later i have now decided that's probably not a good thing to say in these times that we live in even though it's very relevant for me but there is no way. I've had people drive down my driveways that are unannounced, and you know, um, I may have a pistol on my hip, but there's no way I would ever shoot without finding out the situation. So it is beyond me that these kind of situations are happening and the rest of the country. Um, one of the things I asked you is, do we have a stand-your-ground law in California, and how do these crazy situations relate to us here well and we don't have that that specific style of legislation but what we do have is uh the you know was it reasonable to have to protect your life that's what we have and that reasonableness um will be determined through an investigation and presentation to our district attorney and you know people there are people who um, you know, get angry with our district attorney over things. But I can tell you that they'll get angry because he's too much of a bulldog or he made a plea agreement. <laughs> plea agreements, to be honest with you, are in my, and, and I'm not the DA, I, I can't speak for him, but I've seen it over the years. That's their ability to be fair. Because let's face it, some plea agreements are because someone did something foolish and they will probably never do that foolish thing again, you know, and that happens. That oh, happens. yeah, no, no, I've seen it a lot. We have all been young, um, and, and, and the goofy things that you do when you're young, you learn from those mistakes. And if, the, if people learn from those mistakes, hey, great. But, you know, that determination will be made through an investigation and through the district attorney. And if it is reasonable, and, we have, and we've had cases where people have had to protect their lives, and that is the truth. True. I brought up, before the show, I brought up a case many, many years ago when Norm Roman was the DA. A young woman had a domestic violence issue. I think she had a TK restraining order, and guy comes, and she actually shot him, and it was a self-defense case ruled, and that was ruled as self-defense. Out of Laytonville, California, I remember. It was at Laytonville, yeah. That's right, it was Laytonville. Good job, yeah. So, um, I just wanted to get that out because... It's crazy what's going on. I'm hoping that people are listening are not so afraid that they're going to jump to guns. I mean, that's not that's just not the way we are and should be. And I'm sorry, but here in Mendocino County, I don't see much of that happening. Um, I think that we still are rural enough that people are accustomed to helping their neighbors, right. knowing their neighbors, and you know. One of the strange things, and it, and it drives me insane, when I turn on the national news, I see division, 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 I division. Yes. And I don't care where somebody's political 
point, I hold a nonpartisan office. I don't care about these things. What I do care about is communities and the people that I serve in those. And when we look at these things, and I'm telling you, this is just my opinion, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'm sure it'll make some people mad. I see a voice that says, don't trust the government. You have to trust one party or the other. And, you know, that serves the party. It doesn't serve the people. It doesn't. And it doesn't serve the communities either. So um, talking about so, so that that's a good point. We, we do not just I wanted to get that out. Um, the other issue that jumped out for me is you keep hearing about ghost guns and all of this. Yes. There was an incident in Ukiah just the last couple of weeks where somebody on it was an online forum. There's so much going on online, Twitter, yeah. all these things, Instagram. I don't even know about them. I do do Facebook um, where the school was alerted that one of the young guys, one of the young men in there was talking about a gun. They went to the kid's house and they did find a ghost gun is this something that you're seeing a lot of ghost guns yes. in the county okay yeah so. we see that quite a bit um, right. we serve search warrants constantly uh, and almost every time that we find narcotics or you know heavy drugs uh-huh. we find ghost guns okay we find them a lot with the uh, illicit marijuana trade as well oh really okay yeah. Well, that's going to be kind of gone for a while. Well, I just got some stats this morning. And Uh-oh. I, I, I live on stats now. My, okay. My uh, marijuana supervisor is going to have some more for me. My, What's the you know, stats? Go ahead and hit it with us. So I spoke with uh, the marijuana department of Mendocino County um, and said, hey, how are we looking this year? Well, by this time last year, we had 104 complaints. This year, in the exact same time frame, we've had 20. Oh, wow. So I think that that issue is, with the illegal marijuana, I think that issue is, is on the downtrend, but we have to stay after it because of the violence in it and environmental yeah. degradation. Those are the two things that we need to deal with on that. And, of course, you know, violence includes that human trafficking. There's been a lot of reporting on it lately uh, because I think that people are beginning to see um, some new things came to Mendocino County that we had not seen in the past. And... That is a real issue for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, being where I'm at at 3,000 feet and looking at the towards Ukiah, I'm seeing a lot more greenhouses. Yeah. And when I was in Ukiah last week, I saw three or three greenhouses up on the hills in the west hills of Ukiah. So, um, yeah, I just hope they're legal and I hope they're paying taxes and I hope it's a that kind of a situation yeah. where that's going on. But I, that will be interesting to see this summer. I mean, the whole marijuana industry is just in such a kerfluffle, I can't even talk about it. But when it comes to these firearms things, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I am absolutely pro-Second Amendment, but there's rights and there's responsibilities. And they are attached to each other. You yeah. don't get your rights unless you exercise your responsibilities. And every good firearms owner has to be supported by dealing with the ones that are bad that is the way it has to work yeah i think we need to, yeah that's true that's true well i think one of the things that came out for me is it was really good to see that the community the the ukiah high school community wherever yeah. they get their access to their media and all of that online stuff they're watching they saw this it was it's where you, it, i think it's what they say if you see it reported or if you you see something you say, say something. something there you go yeah. that's the one i was looking for see something say something and i think that has to do with a lot of these issues that we're talking about matt um you've got the thing with the guns if you see somebody making threats online or spouting off you know it could be just you know, 
just be it could be just you know talk it just could yeah. be testosterone but it also could be something real and i think that's where you need to be a community to step up and say maybe we should check this out same thing with suicide and jumping off bridges and all of that it's a community it's a health issue you know just I think we're all aware of our community, but I think if there's a level, just we want to remind everybody that these are the things you need to look out for because they could lead to something terrible. Well, and the other thing that we look at here, you know, there are there are various barometers or tests or touchstones of society. Okay, yeah. One of the one of the tests of society is how do we treat our weakest members. Uh, and that is, you know, yeah, that's how, true. how do I we mean, treat that's true. The children homeless, and, and yeah. elderly, the yeah. homeless? How do how do we take care of those folks? That is one of the tests. However, one of the other tests is how reliant are our communities on the government? That is yet another test. Mm. And, you know, when when we had these massive storms and we were doing everything that we could to meet the needs but the communities were not that reliant on us. And strangely enough, you cannot believe the number of people who were just fine until day number 11. And we, and we got calls at day number 11. And people say, oh, that's that's awful and it's terrible. What they aren't looking at is, holy smokes, they were prepared for 10 days of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I w- I was, I'm prepared for more than that, yeah. but the neighbors weren't. Yeah. I mean, I, I will just put a shout out to the Laytonville community oh, yeah. and Jama Shields up there. Oh, my goodness. I mean, maybe people haven't heard about that. I should probably do a whole show on it. But that community, without the help and mm-hmm. maybe the you know, (laughs) the hindrance of the county pulled together and saved a lot of people on 101 that got stuck. It was amazing to watch. And then, you know, we started getting calls of, hey, can, you know, how do we do this? We we need to jump in on this. Can we get some county people up here? Okay, I understand that. But we can't get there, you know, (laughs) because that road, I don't know if you saw the photographs of it, Oh. There were portions of it that looked like the Almighty had dropped a, dropped a box of fiddlesticks in the middle of the highway. Only it, they were eighty foot. Yeah, one twenty eight was closed for four days. Yeah, it was no. just mind boggling. It was mind boggling. Yeah, and then on top of it, at one point, the um, emergency services, the uh, EOS, the yeah, the Office of Emergency Services. Yeah, he was stuck. Yeah. He couldn't get he could, he couldn't even get in to do the work he had to do. So anyway, shout out to Laytonville and all the people that stepped up. Um, yeah, so it takes a community. It takes us watching each other. It takes us being involved. I mean, I have to say, it seems like we're going into an austere, austere time with the county's money and budget in that I feel like a lot of these communities are going to... We're going to have to step up and take more control locally of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of different uh, issues that are coming up right now in the county and with the counties not having the money to do what needs to be done. I could list off a bunch of the stuff I've been following, but... um, Well, the real question I think that we have to ask ourselves is, what is core government function? And if we've only got this much money, do we deal with the core government function? And there are things that, you know, hell, I was a little poor kid. Um, you know, uh, um, and, and there were a lot of times where dad made some extra money and paid taxes with the cows and the hay and everything else, but there were years that were pretty tight. But during those years, we may have gone without the, the, the extra fun stuff, 
but we never went without what we needed. Yeah, the basics. Well, and, and, and to the point where um, a month or so ago, I had several months ago, I had uh, Howard and Shields on, and mm-hmm. we were talking about the county roads and about Spy Rock and all this stuff. And I said, well, maybe we should start adopting potholes. And then I see that our ex-governor Schwarzenegger was out filling his own potholes in yeah. front of his street. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that it, it's going to be looking ahead to see what we have to pick up as communities and what the county can actually be there just to help us do so i know you're chuckling here (laughs) but you look at the things that mendocino county and everybody we all want to point out what is not going well true that's 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 just our nature that's easy stuff yeah look at the things that the communities do well and have done well for a long time one of the biggest issues for me with covid was we had a a population of volunteers in Mendocino County who get so much done, and a lot of those folks are into their 60s. Um, You know, they're retired, they're active, they're getting things done that we could never in a million years do on our own. And when that population had to sit it out for a while, a lot of what we're seeing right now is because elders, uh, our tribal elders were not as involved with communities, and that that wisdom that those things that they impart were not being imparted for that time and i think that as we come back out of this i think that we're going to see things a positive change and things moving in the right direction but we did not look and i think we all need to step back and look at the vacuum that a lot of these older folks not being in the equation had had left for us and and the wisdom that they that they constantly impart well and just the value of the what they're doing um there was just a recent report about this actually that just came out i just read about how during COVID, a lot of the seniors and even now they're still nervous about going into big large groups and it really has hit the nonprofits because they don't have the volunteerism and the volunteers that they used to have to get done what they do so i'm gonna do a shout out I'm going to take a moment here while he's getting his glasses on to say, if you um, are able to get out and volunteer in your community, there are big needs and uh, your services and your help is invaluable. Totally. And so if you feel comfortable getting out and feeling safe, please consider it because there's a lot. Just look around in your community and you can do stuff. So um, you're listening to Casey Wax and Z. I'm Karen Adabani. My guest today is Matt Kendall. Um, He's the sheriff for Mendocino County. So we get back to community. and Covalo. Yeah. I mean, that this has been really upsetting. It was two young kids. Uh, one, both were murders. One, you have a suspect that's on the run that yes. you're looking for. Um, if you need to know that, that's on your website. You can go to the sheriff's website to see if you know this person. But you know who it is. They're yes. on the run. It's probably just a matter of time before they get brought back. Um, the other one was a young teenage girl, 16. And that turned out to be another young girl that you caught right away who was involved with that um you're you were actually born and lived in covalo so you have a connection with the community can you explain tell us what's going on i mean we hear stories we're hearing media stuff but what's going on up there matt i mean is it just lack of lack of police presence is it uh well we the could say it's lack fo- of police presence but, but, yeah. but believe it or not covalo gets more patrols than any place in the north sector Okay. And when my guys come on in the evening, the lieutenant has been very clear. They immediately go to Covalo and they work up there. Now, if they get called out to Leightonville or to Willits, they have to handle those calls. We cannot leave those to sit. 
Um, you know, I was in a meeting the other night up there, and as I'm driving out when the sun's going down, here comes two of my patrol cars. Um, and so Covalo actually gets the lion's share of patrol in the north area. But right now, our numbers are just like everybody else's numbers. You know, I've got two guys per shift in the north sector. I've got two guys per shift in the central sector. I've got two guys per shift on the coast. And we have got to go to where those calls are. Now, there's other things at play up in Covalo. There are things that came to town um, that a lot of them came in due to the illegal drug trade. A lot of violence. and um, Well, that's where a lot of the gangs and a lot of the cartels ended up, I think, and in rural up there. Cause it's methamphetamine. So rural. You know, our coroner's numbers are mind-boggling we were a county that was you know 260 300 corners cases in a year 310 was a lot um and we've been gradually climbing now we're ringing the bell at 455 470 and a lot of it is wow. suicides and overdose and these are the spoils of kind of drugs running rampant yeah um, that's true and uh, you know there's all of these different things these social issues at play that the police cannot solve we can investigate homicides I don't have a pre-crime unit. I don't, you know, it's not the minority report. I don't wake up in the morning and say, wow, I think this guy's going to commit a murder, so I've got to go arrest yeah. him before that happens. Well, what's going on with the tribal community up there? I know in Covalo, or not Covalo, down in Hopland, the tribe has their own security And, and Covalo force. does as well. Okay, can you explain? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not real familiar with Covalo. I mean, it's so far out there. I haven't been there for 30 years, but they have a tribal area. They've got a big reservation, yeah. and so they have their own security force yes. firm. Are they licensed uh, police force? How does not that work? Not yet. What the issue is, is we have public law 280 in the state of California, and that demands that the sheriff, um, I am compelled to uh, enforce state law on tribal lands. Tribal police departments um, are basically, they send them through some training, but they are not California peace officers. They have every right to to um, detain anyone for a crime and then call a deputy sheriff. And so that's how we work with them. Um, their senator, or excuse me, Assemblyman James Ramos um, is a great guy. Um, he just introduced some legislation, Assembly Bill 44, to give the tribes more, the ability to become California state peace officers. And I am 100% for this because we're at a point in time where we need more help, not more work. And so Assemblyman Ramos introduced that bill. I know it was supported by the tribes. I've spoken by all of our tri with all of our tribal leaders on this. But it sounds like it was just gutted in the Public Safety Committee um, of the legislature. And I haven't run that to ground yet. Um, my understanding was, and this is what I have heard. I don't have it as gospel yet until such time that I can speak with someone on the Public Safety Committee. I've heard that they said, nope, sorry, we don't want more police on the streets. Um so we're going to remove big portions of this bill. Now, I've got to speak with James. I was just on the phone with the uh, Round Valley Tribal President walking in the door here. And so we're both concerned about that because I don't know of any place in rural California where people are asking for less police. Do you? Yeah. No, not me. And I'm even in the cities. So do we know, I know this is just off the wall because you're just dealing with this now. Do we know anybody, any names of somebody on the safety committee? So our listeners, because we do have a good listeners and yeah. they're very active on this kind of stuff that we could lobby or call or just say, hey, come on, get with it. Um, 
Would that be? I, I don't know. Jim if, Wood maybe would know. Jim Wood or McGuire maybe. Jim or Mike would know who's Mike McGuire, Jim Wood. Yeah, let's get a. So if this is something, yeah, we should probably be talking with them about this because um, that seems like that would yeah. be a good. It seems like a good uh, idea. Let's yeah, just yeah. put it that way. It could help with a lot of the the stress of the understaffed. Yeah. Sheriff departments. Exactly. Exactly. And right now. And I am so proud of this. Mendocino County, our tribal leaders are rock stars. We've got, and it's humbling, it's humbling when I call these folks up and say, hey, I've got a problem. The answer is always, okay, the answer is yes, now what's the question? Mm-hmm. We're here to help. We're here yeah. to help. We don't have these divides. Um, but I always treat tribal government as government to government, it is not my place to go in and tell them how to do their business. They are their own government. It's my place to walk in the door and support them. And when I say, what direction do you guys want to go? As long as it's legal, moral, ethical, I'm going to help. Um, and then the return is, we like when we were having uh, the flooding and everything in Hopland, get a phone call from the tribe. Hey, you need a place to set up stand station. We own this corner down here. Um, and, and we'll advertise it on our sign, please come get sand here. I mean, it's little things like that where there's logistics of getting things done. They come to the table immediately with solutions. And they, I mean, and they're just good people helping us out. Well, how many tribes are there that have um, security forces within them in the county? There's the Hopland tribe. Hopland, Red, Redwood Valley, Coyote Valley. Okay, they've got theirs. Covalo. Okay. Covalo. Cotto has a tribal security officer, Cotto in Laytonville. Okay. And... The incredible thing about South this, Coast, uh, don't believe that they have any tribal security down there okay. currently. I was just on the phone with their with their tribal chairman a while back. We're going to have a meeting with uh, with Assemblyman Ramos in June to talk about some of his legislation that is going to help us um, get more security, get more police officers and whatnot out onto these tribes. Because you have to remember. Decisions that are made in Los Angeles, California, California is not one size fits all. We have to think about how this affects these out of the way places as well. I get so tired of us versus it's it's like SoCal big cities versus the rural communities. I've been fighting this for years. In in agriculture, think about agriculture. (laughs) We have all of the resources. They have all of the votes. Oh no! It's always been that way. It's yeah. always been a sink down to the south, to the south end of the county, so yeah. or the state. So, all right. So you're working with Covalo. I did see that the tribes uh, were able. They initiated a curfew. Mm-hmm. Is that still in effect up there? Yes. And okay. But when the tribe initiates things, um, their tribal law enforcement can do it. But I cannot. I cannot enforce tribal law. Oh, you can't. And. I can't enforce county ordinances. Even if they re- even if they request you to come in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and we'd have to go into an MOU with them and various other things. It will take a spell, but I can't enforce county ordinances on tribal land. Only state law applies. Right. Then wasn't there years ago? Wasn't there an MOU with the sheriff's department and the Hopland tribe? Yeah, but that that MOU was. Uh, Based on dispatching and various oh, okay. other things, that's, the okay, Hopland tribe right. had the ability to book prisoners into our jail. That's right. That's what I remember. Yeah. Boy, see, funniest things pull out of this old brain yeah. of mine. All right. Well, you know what? I want. I do. I want to let the listeners get involved and have questions yeah. and stuff because that's why he came. He came to the studio today to have coffee and, and pastries with me. So um, the phone number to get here for a question or a comment um, is seven zero seven eight nine five. 
888-222-448. And again, my guest is Matt Kendall, Mendocino County Sheriff, and we're talking about all things law enforcement and what's going on. So we've hit on a lot of topics. Um, what uh, what are the next steps in Covalo to calm yeah. things down? I mean, it could these could be just out of the ordinary, you know, twice happened, not going to happen again, or is it something that needs to be really, really addressed and changes made? But think back to year before last. Yeah. Two homicides, three homicides in Covalo year before last. We had the subject, the oh, dead really? body that was found in the trunk. Oh gosh, I'd forgotten about those. That's we right. There the, was three of them. Oh, so this is kind of a young man a, who was hit by a car. We made an arrest in yeah. that, and then we have the young man who was shot in front of the buckhorn. We made an arrest yeah. in that. It's kind of a hot town up there. Well, it is, but there are a lot of social issues that come into play. That, to be honest with you, are just completely out of my control. Um, oh, and understandable. And you have to remember that we've got a lot of years of some pretty crummy decisions that were made by the United States government. And I'm sorry, yeah. we, we have to admit that. They marched a bunch of people who probably historically did not get along with each other over to Covalo, and they placed them in there. And, and you know, the two original tribes, the Yukis and the Wailakis, were there. And then all of a sudden, all of these other tribes came in, and we have seen a lot of issues over the years. And then you have to also remember... <sighs> Right now, we don't have a lot of work up there. I was just going to say, the economy in Covalo sucks. So yeah. um, the mill went down, forestry, and then it went to the marijuana. So somebody was trying to call. Let there me, we go. Let, yeah, there we go. Let me, let me get this caller in. Here we do this. Okay. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hi, this is uh, John Canan. Uh, I'm a wood, woodworking teacher, and, and uh, I've got a program going in Covalo just started uh, teaching wood shop through Native Way but uh, you know I've, I've been watching this situation for 50 years here in Covalo and I think what these kids really need is more vocational education you know I've kind of been pushed out of the, the educational system there in Covalo three times not because I wasn't there to teach the classes, but because, uh, you, you, you know, one time the, the rumor circulated that the machinery in the wood shop was not up to modern safety standards. I wasn't letting any of the kids use. So are you, are you, are you doing the vocational thing right now? Is it happening? I'm, yeah, it's, it's happening, uh, through Native Way, walking, Native Way, uh, Way is an acronym for walking amongst youth. I'm, uh, doing it out of my own shop and my own home. Well, good for uh, you. Thanks for stepping up to do that and continuing and, to and, support those kids up there. Uh, you know, I, uh, 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 on Earth Day, the 22nd, I had a booth there at the Library Commons and, I was swarmed by the kids. They were so hungry to get their hands on the tools. Uh, and I'm not saying, oh, don't touch that. You're going to cut yourself. I'm saying, come on. Let me show you how to use tools in a creative way. Because if they don't have that experience, when they turn 18, they're going to go out and buy knives and guns thinking that's the ultimate tool that's going to protect them and save them. Because they haven't... <clears throat> had no experience with using tools in a creative way. Hey, John, thanks for yeah. calling in, and thanks yeah. for keeping okay. up the good work. Thanks yeah. so much. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, 
Matt, one of the things that I was that brought up for me is some of the pictures I saw of mm-hmm. the meetings and stuff they were having. They just got that big, beautiful new gym up there mm-hmm. at the high school. Has that is that become a community center and a gathering place? And yeah, there's a lot of things going on in going the on new there? gym there, and you know, I was really hoping that that would have instilled some hope into the community and a gathering place. Well, but some of these social issues that we're looking at. There are a lot of children who are being raised by their aunts, uncles, grandparents up there. Parents are not, you know, taking on that role and responsibility. And a lot of it um, is because of addictions. And it's the same across the entire state right now. And across Um, the whole county. Across the entire county. And we're seeing this happen more and more and more. And so I think that the upstream approach to a lot of these things and... I was in my office. I try to work one day of the weekend so that I can get caught up mm-hmm. with nobody tapping on the door. I get more done on a weekend day, either Saturday or Sunday, than I can all week. And I just rapidly pulled up the bookings for two days, or excuse me, a full weekend, three days. And I looked at them, and a lot of them are people I know and recognize. A lot of them are old friends of mine, you know. Um, but when I looked at them, I just did a real quick calculation. 60% of what was coming through the door at county jail was tied to addiction. 60% of it. That's what I see in the bookings, too. And it has to do with drugs and all that kind of stuff. It is a really big menace, and I know the county is doing a lot of drug-active stuff and all of that. Um, Are the tribes being able able to step up in Covalo to do some of that work? You know, right now... I mean, now, they probably don't have money because they don't no, have... No, no, no. They- Kenny Hanover has got a program that he's oh, been good. running up there for years. The tribe is putting forth more resources per capita than I would say any place in the county. Wow. Um, okay. Between the Tribal Health Center, Kathy Britton's working on grants and whatnot, working with the youth. We've got Kenny Hanover who's, uh, you know, running um, Yuki Trails. And it's those programs I think are great. But we've got more resources per capita, but the problems keep popping up. And so you, when you think about it, I've known a lot of guys who made a choice to clean themselves up over the years. And anybody who works in law enforcement knows those people. We forget about those success stories. But let's find out what caused this. Where did they get? 99% of the time, when I talk to one of these fellas, the answer is pretty simple. I say, I haven't seen you in 10 years. Hell, I thought you were dead. And he said, no, I met a girl. (laughs) Well, or they got a job. I mean, I think the whole thing of lack of employment in the county really is a big one. Oh, it is huge. I mean, these guys can't find work, so you might as well do drugs. Yeah. I don't know. I just, the, the economic, the lack of economic development and jobs in the county has been appalling to me. And when we look at the Rust Belt, when we look at, these coal mining communities look at what happened to them and i think we use that as a roadmap of what to stay away from oh yeah the op- opioid addictions in oh, the in goodness. the in the mining towns where they closed down all the coal mines and stuff yeah yeah uh, it's true it's really true folks if you want to get in on the conversation 707-895-2448 um yeah i know that there was a big discussion yesterday at the board of supervisors about economic development yeah. and getting jobs and stuff and it just has been it's one of those things if it's not a pothole or if it's not something burning up it doesn't get addressed but i think the long range of the county and the 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 
character of the county is going to rely on having good jobs for people. All right, we got yeah. another caller. Let's see if we can get them in. We have two callers. We oh, stimulated good. some conversation here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Are you there? Nope, that one's not there. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Oh, wait. Oops. That was me. Sorry about that. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning. Uh, excuse me. Good morning, Matt. Thanks for your morning, time. Morning, Giz. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, i got two questions here for you. One, I, I know you've heard me ask, but I, I guess I just need, I, I just want to keep asking it because I'm hoping we can go back to that because I believe it worked really well. But my first question is, uh, as far as the tsunami test uh, goes, um, since we were uh, since we're getting uh, sirens in River Valley, um, just briefly off the top of your head, if you were participating with it, would you say it was uh, from like I- I'm not sure how they rate the test. Is it like in school A to F or one to ten? And could you give us just a a lowdown on that tsunami test? What what you would rate it at if you have enough information? And then my second question is, you know, how do we move uh, from, you know, not letting inmates work for the county road crew and parks uh, like they used to, uh, which seems to lead to uh, jobs in our county from jail? Um, How do we move back to that? Is that a possibility? And I'd just like to say as a quick comment, I'd rather pay more taxes and have a nice park to go to uh, on the weekends and, and less um, potholes, you know, if we could move back to that point to where, uh, I don't know if it's insurance or, or what's going on. I've never seemed to be able to get a clear answer on that. Hey, great. We're going to get those questions because those are good ones. We've got many calls coming in. Thanks for those calls. Okay, Tsunami, 1 to 10, how did the, how'd it go? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know because I'm not the director of OES. Okay. Darcy is. I Darcy know that is. we did the tsunami tests, um, and they were. My understanding is that you know it was a B to a B plus. There were some some glitches, that, some yeah. glitches that needed to be fixed. And then, as far as uh, inmate road crews and whatnot, we do not have the inmates that we used to have. When county jail held misdemeanors, um, oh, yeah, that was a different story, and everybody wanted to work. Now. We have AB 109 that took felons directly out of prison and put them into county jails. And when you look at the body of work that most of these guys have underneath their belt, they said, okay, we're going to house nonviolent crimes in in county jails. What they didn't say was, we're not looking at the body of work. We're looking at the last arrest. And so I can have a guy who has got a rap sheet as long as my arm of major violent felonies, but the last thing that he got pinched on stealing was, a candy bar no was stealing a car so he goes to county jail even though he has got a rap sheet that is nothing but violence but you've got misdemeanor guys in there too a people few. a few but mainly their felonies are now they're oh, yeah. predominantly in the jail oh god i don't want to go there all right let's get another caller on that sounds like more fun right now yeah. oops that one's gone okay i'll drop that one all right 707-895-2448 the phones are clear um so what is the percentage of felons in the jail just oh, to my quickly goodness. it's i couldn't give you a percentage off the top of my more head. than 50 percent. oh yeah oh yeah. god okay we got another caller let's see if we can get this on good morning caller you're on the air with us yeah good morning 
uh, Matt, would would you uh, talk a, a little bit more about the Ruby Montelongo case? Uh, I I I can't understand how that could even happen. Where you have a 15 year old girl who who is accused of murdering a 16 year old doesn't make sense to me. All right, we'll take Back that up. off the air. All right, uh, a little bit of history on that background, just a. Well, the issue is they that, got into a fight, they had disagreement. Yeah, and the issue is that we can't get too far into that one. It's a juvenile case. Oh, um, that's I can right. tell you that we made the arrest on it. I can tell you uh, that uh, you know she was arrested for homicide. I'm waiting for uh, the district attorney's filing and various other things. But because it's juvenile, it's just a little bit different than the rest of the world, and I cannot jump into that one okay. out, in, out in the public. I just, I just hope it wasn't intentional and it was just one of those things that escalated and ended up in a bad way, yeah. but who knows. All right, let's get another caller on. That's what we're doing today. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Ooh, okay. Wow. <laughs> um, i got to turn you guys off. Oh, that's a good uh, idea because uh, the reverb is just not uh, pleasant. I know, I know. Ancient history for peace in the Middle East, the Arab countries would sit down when they decided that they didn't want a war with the tribe next door or the tribes next door would sit down and in their big tent and i'm sure there weren't hardly any women um and they would figure out how they were related and whose great uncle was a brother to another brother and i suggest that we uh, find maybe from 23 and me donation for um, Covalo for everybody to find out their DNA and figure out that, oh, you're, you're my third cousin, twice removed, my great-grandpa, and, you know, that kind of relationship, that they are, are not separate tribes, that we're all connected, and we truly are. I mean, I claim Neanderthal. I've got Neanderthal DNA, and I'm proud of it because Neanderthal stood up straight and had universal health care. <laughs> cool. Good points. All right. Okay. Thank All you right. so Thank much. You. Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah, I mean, it is such a small valley up there. I would think by now with the five generations or four generations, they would be all related. Well, and, and, and believe it or not, there's a... And I know this from my youth of speaking with a lot of the tribal elders. They still have oral history in the exact same fashion that my family had it. My mother told me stories. My father told me stories and told me about their lives growing up in Mendocino County. You know, all of these things. And that oral history goes back so far in Covalo. When I speak with a lot of those old fellas, and a lot of those guys were old when I was young. And so they are very old now. Um that would tell me about their lives and tell me about their relatives. Everybody knows who they're related to up there. Um, and, and there's that history is pretty rich in the valley, but we need to concentrate on the history that brings us all together, not the stuff that separates us, you know, in the exact same fashion that I, I hear you say, man, I watch the national news. Well, I can't hardly stomach to watch national news. It's getting all tougher. All I hear is how different we are. When yeah. I when I drive around Mendocino County, I, all I see is how the same we are. Yeah, and the needs are the same, and yeah. the desires are the same. And um, I, I will say, if the county is going to do something with economic development, I sure wish they would. You know, I know it's not the most populated area, but 
you know, Covalo in that area could use some economic development help up there, folks. I think that would help. The tribe is working on a lot of things right now. Oh, are they? And I have discussed it. You know, they're working on things because the Round Valley Indian tribes, you got probably between them and Hoopa have more resources than all of the other tribes combined. Really? Oh, my goodness. They've got timber. They've got. Oh, resources you're talking about, the resources on the ground. Okay, yeah. I thought you were they, They've got things that will sustain them for the next thousand years. And uh, I think that right now, a lot of our tribal leaders are pushing things in the right direction. Um, they're all good people. They're all looking at, for economic stimulus. The other things where, you know, when we were having all the cell tower problems up there, the tribe yeah. just erected three cell towers. I, I mean... I actually saw that somewhere. They just threw them up on the top of the hills. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, it was this... The, uh, the 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 previous tribal um, president called me on the phone and said, "Hey, um, hey, Matt, we just put up three cell towers, and I hope this." I'm like, "How on earth did you do that?" Because and what it is is because <laughs> lack of bureaucracy. Yeah, that's exactly it. Sorry, I didn't just I just had to throw that out there. No, that's exactly. I, seriously, no. I mean, this whole bureaucracy stuff that goes on with the county and the state, especially around building ordinances and stuff like that. Um, has driven me to the wall, and I'm not sure where you go with it. Um, I, I just... I'm building a house for my in-laws out in my pasture right now. now oh, what fun! Yeah, well, a job that would take me 60 days when I was a young man. Now I get one day a week to work on it, and so it'll probably take me a year. Right. And i got to go home in the evenings and pound nails, but most nights I don't get home before it gets dark anyway. However... Um, you know, we built it on that ADU, the accessory oh, yes. unit, okay. and that has been very helpful. But I'm seeing a whole lot of this state get run over by bureaucracy. Yeah. And when it when it comes time for people to go to work, why can't the government step out of the way and let them? Oh, I got to do a whole show on that because I'm in the middle of this whole issue of the county wanting to dispose of the Anderson Valley Veterans Building because they've let it deteriorate to the point where they can't afford to even do anything with it. And a lot of the issue is because of these county buildings, even though it's in our community, you have to go through facilities management. You have to hire um Comp, you know, labor from within. You have to go through all this bureaucracy. Everything has to be a prevailing it's, wage. A prevailing wage, but only that, it has to be bidded out, and you just can't get volunteers yeah. to go in and do it, just like with the, the potholes. Yeah. You know, we can just do it and take it over ourselves, but to go through the county to do it ain't going to happen. Yeah. The volunteer, yeah, it's just, I could rent for but an hour. that is legislation that came through. Oh, I know. That has been very damaging to counties, and trust me, um, projects that that I think I could probably do with my carpentry skills. You know, I've, yeah. I've worked as a carpenter off and on my entire life. I could put a door in. I when I see bids for, oh, it's going to cost thirty thousand dollars to put this door in. I, I almost fall over. I know, and well, ninety thousand. Well, I won't even say that, but yeah. ninety thousand to put a, a washing machine and sink in some building in in Kayette. And I know it was more than that, but it's just the numbers. Um, you got a funky old trailer on the jail property. We could all go in and tear down in a weekend. Yeah. Can't happen because the bureaucracy. Yeah. Oh, let's not. We shouldn't even go there, Matt. But we're, we'll just we'll you just know, go I think crazy. That we're starting to get ahead of some of these things. I really do. And if we continue forward, looking out for each other as human beings, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong there. The bureaucracy that can be that's. That's something else that that needs to be dealt with eventually. But let's look out for each other as human beings first. If you do that, you can't be faulted.
So are you, are you reaching out into what's going on with the uh, JC, the Mendocino Junior College, and and getting criminal, getting people we've interested some, in um, being a we've sheriff got some law or deputy enforcement or courses that are there being taught up there, um, some ADJ courses, administration of justice, but that, I mean, like we talked about before, the interest in it in in being a law enforcement officer in the united states has dropped off absolutely dramatically yeah. and um yeah. you know it's not just california it's across the united states well i just encourage people if you have kids and are young or younger adults that are even thinking about it and um do encourage them to look at check it out because yeah. it's um it's a service. It's a community service. It takes care of your communities. It builds the communities. It does all of that. So, well, Matt, we're coming up at the end of the hour. That was exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, give my best to all the people in the department. Um, I know it must be a tough time going through all of this. And as I will say, because I watched the numbers, your budget just went to heck. Yeah. <laughs> your budget just got crushed. So thanks for coming in. Thank you, Karen. All right. You take care. Have a good day. All right, folks. That's it. I'll be back with you in two weeks. Stay tuned. Uh, coming up is classical music from the coast with Patrick. It's a beautiful day out there. And if you got some extra time, check around in your community and see where you can volunteer and maybe help out. Because as Matt and I have said many, many times, it takes a community to keep us safe and to keep us moving ahead. And that's what we are here, a big community. So do stay tuned. Um, and have a great day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.